0: Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Eight things Christians must know about Jesus' triumphal entry. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 21. I'm going to read from verses 1 through 11. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, At the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey. I know some translations say colt, but it's a donkey. Tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey a colt the fowl of a donkey so the disciples went and did as jesus commanded them and they brought the donkey and the colt laid their clothes on them and set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road others cut down branches from the trees i guess that's where the whole palm tree palm branch thing comes from spread them on the road then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying hosanna to the son of david Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. We see eight things that are very powerful here. In jesus coming into jerusalem you could see people are rejoicing of course there was also the religious people that got very offended with the noise you know the celebration and jesus said look if they don't cry out the very rocks and the very stones are going to cry out so he encouraged them getting crazy and wild i encourage you here to get crazy and wild and get undignified amen the first thing we must know about the triumphal entry is Christ claiming his rightful place as the prophesied Messiah. Zechariah wrote in chapter 9, verse 9: Behold, your king comes to you triumphant and victorious. He is humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Amen. Every Jew would know that Zechariah uh, would know Zechariah's messianic prophecy. That's why the crowds hailed Jesus as king, because it was a fulfillment of prophecy that their promised king would be coming. That's why Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So they were declaring his kingship, celebrating this king, which would be obviously completely contrary to any earthly king who would come with this, you know, procession of soldiers and this glamour and riding on a chariot with the best choice horses and everything else but he's coming riding on a lowly donkey. Amen. 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 Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, because Jesus is the true Davidic Messiah, the king. So, it was a fulfillment of prophecy, the prophet, the Messiah being recognized by the people which whom of course the establishment, the religious establishment rejected. Amen. The second thing we need to see jesus riding a donkey symbolizes peace he was coming in peace now second time he comes he'll be coming on a white horse as a conqueror leading the armies of heaven the host of heaven to conquer the antichrist and the establishment you understand me he'll come riding as the king of kings and lord of lords and he will consume the antichrist with the word that comes the fire that comes out of his mouth So he will come to make war at the battle of Armageddon. All those nations that will gather against God, they will be consumed in a split second at his second coming. So he's not coming riding on a donkey. He's coming riding on a white horse to make war. But this is because he was coming in peace. He did not ride a war horse as he's going to do in Revelation. Amen? amen in the ancient middle eastern world leaders rode horses if they rode to war but donkeys if they came in peace so it was a symbol of peace this is also mentioned in first kings chapter 1 verse 33 solomon riding a donkey on the day he was recognized as the new king of israel because he was not coming to make war he was coming in peace to his people and there are other situations that you can see throughout the old testament other instances of reading leaders riding donkeys amen and there's multiple um reference to references to that but the mention of jesus riding a donkey in zechariah 9 verses 9 and 10 fits the description of a king who would be righteous and having salvation and being gentle Ride, ra, ra, rather than riding to conquer this king would enter in peace and this is what something the jews didn't understand remember they wanted him to overthrow the roman rulers yeah. they wanted him to be that kind of a king that's going to make war No, no no i'm coming in peace My kingdom is not of this earth my kingdom is eternal my kingdom is in you so this would be a very different situation so he's coming in peace this is very important Zechariah 9 and 10 highlights this I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be broken he will proclaim peace to the nations peace to the nations peace on earth joy to the world peace on earth glad tidings to all men right peace that he would come in peace he will proclaim peace to the nations he will rule with extent from sea to sea from the rivers to the ends of the earth amen? amen so look at the symbolic things of this prophecy taking away the chariots which is a main vehicle of war today would be like a tank or something an armored vehicle take away the war horses take away the battle bow that would that would be broken bows and arrows for fighting proclaiming peace to the nation's reconciliation it's the ministry of reconciliation making peace between God and mankind hallelujah and he will rule from sea to sea he will control an extended territory with no enemies of concern hallelujah so Jesus fulfills this prophecy in Zechariah and worldwide peace is proclaimed by this humble king It was the fulfillment of the angel's song in luke chapter 2 verse 14 glory to god in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill toward all men hallelujah so riding on a donkey symbolizes that he's a man coming in peace he's a king but he's not coming to make war he's coming in peace and that is really basically leading us and pointing the way to the age of grace the new testament age the age of grace that we are in but when this age comes to an end amen it'll begin with the day of the lord the vengeance of our lord the day of salvation for those believers will become the day of judgment for the unbelievers and he will again rule for a thousand years at his second coming as he has, as he was a, he will establish the millennial reign rule from jerusalem in peace and there'll be total peace for a thousand years isn't that amazing hallelujah and obviously why would he be coming on a war horse because he has to eliminate that demonic antichrist spirit that constantly stirs up chaos he comes to conquer that spirit that stands against peace the author of confusion yeah. he's going to put an end to all fear and confusion so that there could be a thousand years of peace on earth hallelujah, hallelujah. glory to god the third thing we need to see in this triumphal entry Jesus Christ making this journey on a donkey hearkened back to the foreshadowing of a father sacrificing his only son. Isaac, a type of Christ, remember, he rode on a donkey as Abraham led him to be sacrificed, to be, to be slain by his father Abraham on an altar. That's in Genesis chapter 49, verses 10 through 12. Isaac rode on a donkey, the one and only begotten son. So it's also a type and shadow that was fulfilled in reality. The fourth thing we need to see about Jesus' triumphal entry on a donkey, it symbolized God's blessing to his people. Jacob's divine blessing over his son Judah includes a reference to a donkey and a donkey's fall. That's in Genesis chapter 49, verses 10 through 12. The scepter will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he Whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah, and eternally enthroned as the eternal king. Jacob's prophecy describes a king who washes with wine his blood, and has white teeth which is purity that means whatever he comes out of his mouth is pure whatever spoken is pure not contaminated not defiled it's the pure word of god the word of god that became flesh Amen? amen and then also we see a similar prophecy in verses 14 and 16 about issachar now the fifth reason or the fifth thing we see in jesus's triumphal Enter into jerusalem it teaches us that after all of the sacrifices offered for sin we can enter the rest of faith because of his final sacrifice which was what we see in hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 says in exodus chapter 23 verse 12 god states in this commandment six days you shall work but on the seventh day you do not work you shall rest so that your ox and your donkey may rest So that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. So entering into rest. Jesus coming on a donkey representing us entering into rest. The rest of faith. There is now a day of rest for those who are of faith. We enter into rest now by faith. Faith is our rest. Faith is our rest. Hallelujah. And God works when we rest they had to work six days the number of men and on the seventh day the number of God they rested but now we work out of a rest because of the peace of God because of the anointing because of the empowerment that we have being filled with the Holy Ghost amen is this helping anybody here today the sixth thing that we need to see in the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem Also back in the old days, emissaries sent donkeys overloaded with gifts to appease the wrath of an enemy, preventing bloodshed. We see this in Genesis chapter 33, verse 8. Jacob sent donkeys packed with treasures to avoid the wrath of his brother Esau. Gifts coming on a donkey. Truckloads. Truckloads, because that's basically what a donkey would represent today. A truck, you use to carry things, right? Abigail brought donkeys packed with food to keep David from killing her family. (laughs) Nabal, her husband, had angered the king to be. The wise woman knelt before David and said this in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 26. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging, yourself with your own hands may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my lord be like nabal or nabal so she sent donkeys packed with food as an offering basically a peace offering if you think about that hallelujah and the seventh thing that we need to see god used a donkey to speak his judgment you know a donkey spoke in the old testament (laughs) hallelujah because there was this um, prophet named Balaam. He liked money a lot. He was merchandising the anointing, so he got paid to go curse the children of Israel in his disobedience. We see this in Numbers chapter 22. And then here's what the word says. Then the Lord, appeared, uh, then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. <laughs> and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make, me, uh, make you beat me these three times? Because the donkey wouldn't go to curse Israel, so he was beating the donkey. Balaam answered the donkey. That's interesting when you're having a conversation with a donkey. <laughs> Balaam answered the donkey. You have made a fool of me. <laughs> Can you imagine this conversation with a donkey? You have made a fool of me. He's talking to a donkey. This is <laughs> If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The the, the donkey said to Balaam, The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have 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 I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Gaining wisdom from a donkey. Interesting. No, no, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. So if you think about it, Jesus was beaten by the very people that should have understood God's plan and purpose. They beat him. They beat him because he was trying to talk some sense to them about their disobedience. Why have you gone astray? Why have you... Why have you... Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And they rejected him and they beat him. They beat him. Like Balaam beat his donkey. So of course a judgment or correction was spoken by this donkey to a wayward disobedient prophet. Amen. Samson defeated the Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Judges 15:15. 15, 15. God sent a lion to devour a false prophet in 1 Kings chapter 13 verses 27 through 31 while his donkey safely stood and watched. <laughs> The lion didn't even touch the donkey, just took the false prophet. (laughs) The lion did not eat the donkey. (laughs) The, 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 The donkey carried the slain prophet back home at God's behest. My God. King Yehu rode a donkey into Samaria, a kind of false Jerusalem, in order to destroy the temple of the false god Baal. 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. Uh, 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 verses can't be 10 through 11. I mean, 11 through 10, sorry, 10 through 11. Sorry, <laughs> I'm still thinking about the, the donkey that spoke out. Oh. 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 11 through chapter 10, verse 28. And Christ, of course, entered Ju- Jerusalem's temple. And pronounced judgment as he overturned the money changers' tables. That was the thing that happened right after that. He entered the temple, and he overturned the money changers' table, and 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 of course, and then of course he talked about how the temple would be destroyed, be overturned as well. And he said, "My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves." And the eighth and final thing that we are to see from the triumphal entry entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Jesus demonstrated that he was the burden bearer who came to save us. Because that's what a donkey is, a burden bearer. Just as baby Jesus was born in humility, okay, it was poor people that would ride donkeys because he became poor for our sakes so that through his poverty we might be made rich. You know the, Lord, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He made himself nothing so that we can receive the inheritance and the glory Of the kingdom of God also a donkey carried pregnant mother Mary all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem Luke chapter 2 verses 4 through 7 this gentle beast of burden carried the son of Savior of the world Jesus used the image of Mary's donkey to connect with the common people that he came for them he came for the people the son of man came to seek and save the lost he came for the people he came for the people and the establishment rejected him the king rejected him the religious leaders rejected him but the people are rejoicing they are celebrating they're throwing down their clothes so he can ride on them and they're throwing down these palm branches and so he can ride on them and they're shouting hosanna to the king and glory to god in the highest they recognized the true leader they recognized the true leader they had eyes to see because they were not blinded by pride and that's the problem with many people they're blinded by pride only the humble only the penitent shall pass (laughs) only the humble only the humble can enter in to the kingdom of God God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble so he came in humility he didn't come to make war when they beat him, when they slapped him, he, he turned the other cheek. When they accused him, he didn't say a word. He didn't fight back when they come to arrest him. And when Peter pulled out his knife and cut, chopped off the servant's ear, he said, why have you done this? Put that down. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And he put the ear right back on and healed as they took him away. So he humbled himself unto death. The Bible says he learned obedience as he humbled himself unto death. And it was through his humility that a way was opened for us to come into the kingdom. He gave his life, nobody took it. So as he's riding on this donkey coming in on this Palm Sunday, he's basically the final week of his passion. As he's coming in, he's declaring, I'm coming as a lowly servant. I didn't come here to be served. I came to serve. I came, I came to give myself as a ransom for many. And I I bring peace. I bring peace. I bring reconciliation and restoration. And I will I will take away your burdens. Come to me as you all who are what? Heavy laden, burdened down for my burden is light, my yoke is easy. Come and learn of me. Come and rest. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. That was the message. And all of that was symbolized in the triumphal entry. And think about this. I mean, again, just, just look at it in contrast The triumphal entry in a contrast to like a conquering king or a military leader i mean they would come with their army to display their glory with their flags and i mean you know they would march and they would have the band leading and i mean think about it they would be like you would know that they're coming to stick it in your face that we've conquered you in a sense right but jesus he's coming so humbly but yet he's coming to conquer sin and death in his humility he's coming to conquer the enemy and if you looked at it from the outside, you would just think, who is this guy? He's just some, some rabbi. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's just some rabbi from a bunch of Galileans. Follow him. Come on, I'm a bunch of Galileans. Come on, unlearned man, and he's riding on a donkey. And people are celebrating. Shut up, be quiet. And, then, and, the, and the, the more the religious got offended, the more they're shouting. Why? Because they had eyes to see. So he came as a conquering king, but he came very differently, completely the opposite of how the world would do it. He didn't come in to show anything off because he conquered through humility. He conquered through his death. Oh, death, where is your sting? And then he triumphed over the enemy, making a spectacle of him, putting him on display as a defeated foe. Because if, if, if the devil knew he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In his wisdom, he was a fool. And these foolish people that are rejoicing, because God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. As the wise are all offended, and the fools are celebrating and dancing and taking their clothes off and shouting. (laughs) That was the wisdom of God. Jesus embraced the poor, the weak, the oppressed, the sad, the broken, the downtrodden, come to me, heals the brokenhearted, set the captives free, preaches the gospel to the poor, sets at liberty them that are bruised, proclaiming the year of jubilee. So he came for the people. He didn't come for the proud, the religious, the self-righteous. He came for those that were humble, humble of heart, the repentant. He embraced them. He healed them. He healed their sick. He saw that there were sheep without a shepherd. And even though he was grieving because John the Baptist, not only the prophet, but his cousin, was, he had his head chopped off. He had to go away to a desert place to pray, and to just, even though he, he as a man was grieving. And the people came, and when he saw their needs, the grief in his heart, mm, shakara, so come on, somebody, the grief in his heart for the loss was greater than his own personal grief. Let me tell you right now, you know how you overcome your personal grief? You take your eyes off of yourself. I'm, tell, I'm speaking to somebody right now. You take your eyes off of yourself. Oh, poor me! Look at me, and you see the need, the suffering, the hurting out there. That's why we go out on the streets. That's where we go. That's where we go. Nobody, where nobody goes. That's where we go, where nobody goes. And I tell you what: if you take your eyes off of your own problems and see the greater picture, I tell you right now, God will anoint you god will empower you and now you will you will break through out of your own little grief or whatever and i'm I'm sorry i'm calling it little maybe it's, it's i know it's big for you but if you think about in the grand scheme of things it's just something that will pass in the blink of an eye compared to eternity and put your eyes on eternity and go after souls and go after the weak don't go after the hurting bring bring healing bring deliverance That's how you get anointed. You want to get anointed? You go after people. You go after souls. That's how you get anointed. The Lord spoke to us when we started out in the ministry, my wife and I. He said, if you meet the needs of the people, you'll never have to worry about your own needs. We have never, ever had to worry about our own needs. Hallelujah. Jesus embraced those that were rejected, those that were unclean. (laughs) <laughs> the tax collectors the fishermen the lowly rural uneducated people and also he received the rich rich as well if they would repent Zacchaeus repented he got saved over an offering he gave away four times what he had stolen he got so convicted he climbed a tree because <laughs> Zacchaeus was a short man the short man was Zacchaeus think about his story of the good Samaritan what did the good Samaritan do he took the man that everybody rejected religion passed by the priest passed by the Levi passed by the Pharisee passed by religion passed by tradition passed by the proud of heart passed by and then here comes the humble good Samaritan He related because he was also a broken man, and then he helped the man that was broken. He poured in the oil. He poured in the wine. He took him to the inn, paid the innkeeper two days' worth, said, If you need any more, when I come back, I'll pay even more. Jesus is the good Samaritan. The innkeeper is the Holy Ghost. He's taken you from being beaten down and thrown on the side of the road by life, and he's taking you. He's poured in the oil, the wine. That's the, those are symbols of the Holy Spirit. He's taking you to the innkeeper, to the one who's going to keep you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. Amen. And he's paid for two days, 2,000 years. And he's coming back. He's coming back very soon. He's coming back very soon. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is a perfect symbol of his love and his compassion. But a Samaritan, as he traveled came where the man was and when he saw him he took pity on him had compassion that's love that goes into action he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine then he put the man on his own donkey he put the man on his own donkey and brought the man to an inn and took care of him donkey is the burden bearer jesus is the one that bears your burdens and some of you might have come in here with some burdens cast your burdens onto jesus cast your cares onto jesus for he cares for you come to me all who are heavy burdened come on somebody just lift your hands right now i just sense that's where we're going just cast your cast your burdens on jesus enter into rest trust him let him work things out Receive his peace today. Receive victory in your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The burden bearer, lifting every burden today, healing every broken heart, lifting the lowly, those that have been pushed down, taking them from being the tail to the head. Those that have been pushed down, at the, they've been underneath, now they've been, they've been brought above only not beneath he's he's lifting you up he's lifting you up he's lifting you up there's a supernatural grace that's coming here to lift people up this week this can be a great week of victory god's lifting you up god's lifting you up god's lifting you up right now he's lifting you up lifting you up raising you from the miry clay Raising you up. Oh, crowning you with glory and honor. Blessing you. Strengthening you. Enter now into the peace, the rest of the Lord. Rest. Be still and know that He is God. He's for you, not against you. All things are going to work together for your good. For your good. For He cares for you. He loves you. You've been called according to His purpose. Enter now into rest. Shake off that worry. Cast off that worry. Cast off that spirit of heaviness. And just say, Jesus, I cast all my burdens on you. Burden for your children. Burden for your family. Burden for your husband, wife. Burden for other loved ones. Maybe burden for your business, financial. Whatever burdens you you might have, just... Bring them to Jesus. Put them on that donkey. Just place them on that donkey. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. He's a good God. He's the humble servant. Not only is he your lord and savior but he's also a servant son of man did not come to be served he came to serve whatever your needs are he, he will serve you because he loves you and I want you to know as you leave this place this is going to be a great great week of victory There's some he's going to overturn some things this week some things are about to some things are about to be overturned some things are about to be overturned things are going to turn around this week turning around this week turning in your favor glory to God be encouraged Jesus made that triumphal entry he knew he was going to his death It was the beginning of the week of his passion. But guess what? He did it all for us. He did it all for us. Just thank you, Jesus. Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.